Uh, there was this man, he wasn't feeling well, so he we went to the doctor. Um, I don't know if you're a doctor person or not, but that's a miracle right there. A man didn't feel well and went to the doctor. He went to the doctor, and, and so he's like, here's the deal. I've got no energy. Um, my wife, like, she needs me to do stuff around the house. i got no energy. Um, so the doctor ran lots of tests, came back in with the results, and the man said this, just give it to me straight, doc. Just give it to me straight. Don't use those crazy, big, long medical terms. Just give it to me straight. What's wrong with me? And the doctor said, well, you're lazy. <laughs> the man said, oh, give me some medical terms so I can tell my wife, right? <laughs> you're just lazy. Like, just give it to me straight, doc. Give it to me straight. I got a picture we can show it right now. I love this, this picture. A little girl, that's cute. It's a cute picture, right? But like, like, put yourself in the dog's shoes, right? Or in the dog's paws or whatever dogs wear. What if the dog's never going to play fetch again, right? I mean, it's cool. Like, give it to me straight, doc. And then the doc gives it to you straight, and you're like, whoa, could you sugarcoat that a little bit? That might have been too straight, right? I want you to kind of keep that, keep that in your mind as we kind of work through um, Luke chapter 6, 20 through 26. That's where we're going to be today. Um, because... Today, and then next week, Teen Challenge is here, and then after that's Easter. So today and Easter, we're going to spend two weeks talking about the greatest sermon arguably ever preached on the planet, okay? Um, if you grew up in church, you've heard Sunday school lessons about this. You've maybe, if you're old enough, so you've seen Final Board, and, um, and I'm sorry for that, but um, the Sermon on the Mount, you've heard of that, right? And if you, even if you're not in church, it's possible that you've heard somebody say at some point, the Sermon on the Mount, and this is where it comes from. Uh, we're in Luke chapter 6. This is his version of that sermon. And then Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is, is Matthew's version of that story, uh, of that sermon. So we're going to spend the next two Sundays that I'm preaching in, those, in, in the Sermon on the Mount. What we're going to find is that Jesus kind of does, he's kind of like Dr. Jesus here, okay? He, and Luke, we know Luke's a physician. Um, if it's your first time with us, we're doing this true story series. Um, Luke, the book in the Bible that we're reading, is the result of a man named Theophilus who had a lot of money, came to Luke who was a doctor, and he said, Luke, I need you to shut your practice down. I need you to go and I need you to interview all these people that are telling these amazing stories that I'm not sure that they're true about this man named Jesus so that I can know whether or not I can believe in him, put my life, my trust in him, and, and, and follow him. And so Luke went off, he interviewed people, he came back, and he, he wrote a report, and he said, here it is, Theophilus, and the report that he gave him is the book of Luke that we have in our Bible today. And he said, it's, it's all true, true story, we can trust this, okay? So we know that Luke's a doctor, and I love it when we, we come across these kind of passages where I read it and go, yeah, that's exactly how I would expect a doctor to write that, right? Um, how many of you know doctors that are in a hurry? <laughs> How many, of you, how many of you have been to the doctor and you waited for an hour with um, that special dress on, the nice gown that makes you cold in the back? And then finally the doctor came in and he or she spent about two minutes with you and then left and told you to go pay, right? <laughs> it's like, here, go pay and pay for the medicine too. Like doctors are in a hurry. And so when I read this, you compare it with Matthew, you can really see how Luke, his personality comes out here. Um, just stuff that interests only me probably, nobody here, but Luke takes 30 verses to say what it takes Matthew 107 verses to say. Right? Because Luke's a physician. He's like, I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm going to tell you what you need to know, and I'm going to leave. That's how doctors are. And Jesus is kind of, he, he portrays Jesus in the same light. Jesus is going to walk in, he's going to say some good stuff, he's going to say some bad stuff. And that's what we're going to talk about. What, what we're going to learn today is this. Um, 
that we can be blessed forever or blessed for a moment. We can be blessed forever or blessed for a moment. I'm going to read to you the, the, the passage, and then we're just going to kind of walk through it. That's what I'm hoping that you come away with today. We can be blessed forever or we can be blessed for a moment. And that's it. Jesus takes three verses to explain how we can be blessed forever. He takes three verses to be explained how we can be blessed for a moment. Let me read it, and then we'll, we'll walk through it. Last week we did verses 17, 18, and 19, which if you've got the NIV, you can see that I broke that whole section up, right? It's like, why didn't you just save it for this week? But we, we did those last week. We talked about Jesus taking the disciples back into the crowd. So we're in verse 20, and he says this, looking at his disciples, that's really important, looking at his disciples, he said, blessed are you who are poor. And right there, all of us checked out, right? But we'll come back to that. Blessed are you who are poor. For yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Now, he just said that we're blessed for all the things that we go to counseling for. Just Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their fathers treated the prophets. And then he turns and goes the other direction. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for that is how their fathers treated the false prophets. So um, let's, let's define a few terms. Um, I brought a, a little something for you Princess Bride fans. I know you're out there. Princess Bride fans, are you out there? Okay, yeah. So if you've not seen the movie, there's this one word. Um, oh, I, shouldn't, I should never do this because nobody's going to answer it. No, I have faith in you because you're Princess Bride fans. Um, what is the one word that is said over and over again that this is in response to? Yeah inconceivable, right? And so this guy keeps going, inconceivable. And at some point, um, he turns to him and says, you keep using that word, but I do not think it means what you think it means, right? And so let's, let's define a couple terms. Can we do that? Let's at least define a few things that we're going to see in this passage that we need to understand. One is, and it's not, it's not mentioned here unless you got the King James, but Beatitudes, all right? Um, you maybe have heard of that. Um, again, this would be back in your Sunday school days as a child. You may have heard of the Beatitudes. Like, what in the world is a Beatitude, right? So here's what it means. And it sounds great. It means supreme blessedness or ultimate bliss. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds like something we should be wanting. It's a Beatitude. Um, it, it's obvious that these are not do actions. They're Beatitudes, okay? So if you, if you research stuff, you do on Google, like type in Beatitudes, you'll find people that got really cute and like they've got the word be and the word attitude, right? These are things that, not things that we necessarily do. These are th- the ways that we think. These are attitudes that we have. It's about how we're supposed to be, not necessarily what we're supposed to do. They aren't also general teaching for the masses. So if you're here this morning, and you're not sure about Jesus, and you're not even sure if you're following Jesus, guess what? You kind of get the morning off. This is one of those sermons where you get to watch Christians squirm. Isn't that fun? Like, isn't it fun to go to church? You're already uncomfortable, right? Like somebody, somebody begged you, they dragged you here. You're like, I don't want to go to church anyway. I'm not into that God thing. So you're, you're already uncomfortable, and now you get to sit back for the next 20 minutes and watch the people that brought you be uncomfortable. How cool is that, Right? This is when Christians start to squirm because we read at the beginning, looking at his who? 
disciples. These are people that are following Jesus, right? He's looking at the church. This is who he speaks this to. It's not a word for the masses. This is specific encouragement for followers of Jesus because that's who he's teaching. They, they present, Beatitudes, these, they present the light, they present the present in light of the future. Okay, so he's saying like, look, here's what's going on now. And if all you see is now, then all you have is now. But what I need you to see is now's happening, but there's something else that's going to happen. And so the Beatitudes, they present the present in light of the future. And so here's what I want you to think. If you have these attitudes, you'll be blessed. Okay, that's, that's in a nutshell what Jesus is saying. If you have these attitudes, you will be blessed. Which means now we have to define what blessed means, right? Because everybody wants to be blessed, right? Just raise your hand if you want to be blessed. Okay, some of you are like, ah, oh, it's a trick question. It, we, we did a whole series um, called Blessed. You can go back in our archives and find it on the website. I would highly encourage you to do that, if nothing else, just to see me dance to the song Happy. Um, but the word blessed can mean happy, right? And we talked about that a lot in the series. It actually was often, often translated happy. And so you can read that and go, well, happy are you who are poor, which makes zero sense to us, doesn't it? It's because then the question is, who determines happiness? Like today, if happiness is determined externally, there's a lot of people in baby blue that are happy today. Right? Because last night, your team finally won. I had to say finally because I'm a Wolfpack fan. I know you've been winning all season long. But, but if they had lost, then you wouldn't feel quite as happy. Right? We, we attribute happiness to external things that sometimes we can and can't control. But when he talks about being blessed, it's not so much happy the way that we determine it. It's happy the way that God determines it. And so the real meaning of that word is favor. It's favor. Like If you're following Jesus, if you've given your whole life to Jesus, you know what the cross means? The cross means that you were far from God. And now because of what Jesus did, he's brought you near to him. And not just near like, I'll keep you around, but you kind of get on my nerves. But near like... You, you were under the wrath of God, and now you enjoy the favor of God. And, and when you go from wrath to favor, that's blessed. You see what I'm saying? That's what it means to be blessed. It means that no matter what we're facing externally, we're blessed internally because we're now the objects of God's favor. So to be clear. The Beatitudes aren't something to hang on a plaque, memorize, and try to live out. But that's what we do, right? Somebody went, these would, be, these would make a great plaque. So they, they painted it, drew it, they hung it in a frame and gave it for a Christmas present. And somebody opened it and went, that's pretty. <laughs> it's not meant to be pretty, right? It's not meant to hang on the wall. Like, okay, kids, this is what we're memorizing this week. And then we're going to all live it out. Everybody, go. It's not that at all. These are statements of fact about people who are blessed at a soul level and who understand that a soul blessed by the favor of God will ultimately lead to a life lived with the favor of God. So 3 John 1, 2. It's just funny because 3 John 1, 2 is funny because 3 John only has one chapter, right? So 3 John 1, 2 says this. I'll just paraphrase it. It says, he prays that you would, you would experience health, that your, your body would prosper even as your soul prospers. 
So everything in the Bible, and this is really important for us to say because we live in a country where, like, there's just, like, prosperity teaching. It's all, like, name it, claim it. Hey, if you give it, God will give you more. So, you know, our heart to tithe is not, I just owe Jesus everything. We tithe so that he'll then owe us everything. And that's so not biblical, right? Because everything in the Bible, when it talks about prosperity, it talks about being blessed, it talks about these, these beatitudes, it all hinges on your soul. Like you can walk in here today, and, and I, I encourage you to try this, you can walk in here today and hate God and give us a million dollars, please try that. <laughs> and you will not be blessed by God. Now we will be blessed by God through your gift of a million dollars would be awesome. Wouldn't it? Like, that would make news. Sinner gives a million dollars to a church and still isn't happy, but pastor is dancing, right? That would be awesome. <laughs> and sometimes we treat God like, well, like we, we make everything a formula. Well, if I do A, B, and C, then God has to do this, this, and this. But what, what Jesus is teaching us here is, whoa, 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 like, hold on, guys. If this is a statement of your soul, if your soul is blessed and favored by God, then everything external it's not nearly as important as what's internal. John said it again, like, may you be blessed and may your body be in health as your soul prospers. Hopefully that's clear enough. Because um, now Dr. Jenkins, uh, Dr. G- Jesus is going to write us a prescription, right? Here's the prescription for a blessed life. Um, some of you are not old enough to remember this, but let's just talk about um, you can pay me now or you can pay me later. Anybody remember Fram Auto Parts? Okay, this, I had to do some research to find out when all this happened. But way back in the 70s, and I mean 1970s, not 1870s. Way back in the 1970s, before many of you were even born or even thought about, they had this, this ingenious marketing. Um, they would show this mechanic, and, and behind him was a guy working on a car. And he was changing the engine in the car or something like that. But the, the, the whole tagline was, Fram. You can pay me now or pay me later. And the point was you can pay two, three, four bucks now to get this oil and change it. Or you can wait a little bit and be back in my shop and you'll pay me later. But it'll be a lot more money and I'll be doing more than just changing your oil. You can pay me now or you can pay me later. And what I want you to see is that's that's a value statement. You, You value your money now. You value your freedom now. You don't want to make the appointment to go take your car in. So you value that now more then you value replacing your engine down the road. These are value statements. I want you to remember the word value because what Jesus teaches us in verses 20 through 26 is a lesson on values more than anything else. Questions like this. Do we value what's eternal more than what's temporal? Temporal is a big word for just what we see right now. Do we value what's coming more than what's now? Do we value the soul over the body. So Jesus walks in like a doctor and he says this. And I'm, and look, I'm going to use the most common example I can think of. And if this applies to you, and I'm sorry, but it's just common. Jesus is like a doctor that walks into the office and says this. Listen, I'm going to give it to you straight, guys. You need to quit smoking. If you don't quit smoking, what's going to happen is you're going to die. A lot earlier than you have to. But if you'll stop smoking now, you're going to add years to the end of your life. 
Um, I know Biggest Loser was really big for a while, and now maybe it's not as big. Um, we still watch it sometimes. And, and one of my favorite shows now is when, and I can't say the guy's name, like Dr., they call him Dr. H because it's some weird name, like Dr. Hemorrhoid or something, I don't know. But um, it's, it's not. It's like Dr. Hangarangalang something. Anyway, so that's why they call him Dr. H, right? But he'll come in at the beginning, and he does all this work and this physical workup on these, these guys that are there to lose weight. And he will, like this past season, he looks at one of the men, and he holds up a, a, a date, and it's like December something and like six years from now. And the guy's like, what's that? And he goes, this is the day you're going to die. Because you have, and he pulls like this curtain, this um, sheet off this table full of just fat. He says, because you have all of this excess fat in your body, and it's pressing up against your organs, and your body can't sustain that. And if you don't make any changes, this is the day you're going to die. Nobody likes a doctor like that, right? We, no, can I have the nice doctor, like good cop, bad cop, good doctor, bad doctor? Like, can I have the nice doctor that tells me I can eat whatever I want and be okay? And so Jesus walks in here, and he's like, that's who he is. He says, look, you can be blessed forever. You can be blessed forever. And here's how you do it. Get your soul right with God. And if you're blessed, if you're, blessed as, as, if, if you're poor, if you're, if you're disrespected, if you're excluded, if you're hungry, you can still be blessed forever, even in that circumstance, if your soul is blessed and prospering with me. But if you just want to smoke a little bit longer, then you can have the pleasure now of smoking, but you're going to die. And he says, hey, you can be rich now, but you've already got your reward. Pay me now, pay me later. You can be blessed now, you can be blessed forever. Now, I'm, I'm praying that we never have to make that choice, right? I mean, is it possible that we could be rich and have our soul prosper? Yeah, absolutely. What you've got to see is this. Like, when he talks about being poor, and I love this, because we think money all the time. But when he uses the word poor, blessed are you who are poor, like, if, if, if the goal is just to be poor, then the best thing you can do is give all your money away. But David, who was a king in the Old Testament, and you just jot these down. I think we'll have them up there for you. Psalm 47, Psalm 86, 1, Psalm 109, 22. You can just jot those down. Go home and read those. What you'll find is King David, who was one of the richest men on the planet, said that he was poor. Because poor is about being humble before a great God. It's about how you see yourself in light of God, in light of eternity. I'm poor. So it's possible you can have all the money in the world and still consider yourself poor. And Jesus is saying that's what we want, to see ourselves in light of eternity and humble ourselves as a result of that. The only way that anyone would ever choose what Jesus is offering is if they value Jesus over everything else. I mean, what kind of an altar call is this? Jesus, look at, look at what he says, verse 22. They're going to hate you, exclude you, insult you, and reject you. They're going to say that your very name is evil because of me. Who's coming? Like, well, will we have snacks along the way? Blessed are you if you're hungry. Oh. Can we watch fun movies? Blessed are you if you weep. Oh. This doesn't sound as good, right? Because they're thinking all externally. And what he's saying is, man, I've come to give you blessings forever. 
spent the rest of eternity in the favor of a God who was wrathful against you because of sin. And that means you're blessed. Or, or, and this is Jesus offering the choice, or you can have all these things now and none of them later. Think about this. The only way we would ever value later over now is if later is infinitely better. The idea of that seems crazy to the culture around us, but again, Jesus is not talking to the culture around us. In this passage, he's talking to us. He's talking to people who have met Jesus. He's talking to people who are following Jesus, who know something about Jesus. And he's saying, you're blessed if you value me and what I'm doing in your soul over the things that everybody else is valuing. He totally flips it upside down. You have a, a quote on your note sheet from Rick Warren. I love this quote. He says this, living in light of eternity changes our priorities. I'm going to bring an illustration that this is like the first illustration I did. It was 20 years ago, but I can't think of a better way to, to explain it. Um, I actually didn't use a rope back then. I used a, remember, a, remember computer paper when uh, it was all stuck together and it had the holes on the side that you had to peel off? Remember that? I remember getting a, a roll, and some of you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, which is crazy to me, but because uh, that was the best, you know? And, um, and it never worked right because they're rolling things, but, uh, but I, I, had, I remember being a youth pastor and I put uh, that computer paper all the way around the room and... Uh, but I'm going to use a rope now because I can't find that computer paper. Um, imagine this rope. Okay, pretend this rope just goes on forever. Okay? Just imagination. Pretend it goes around the world a few times. It doesn't. It ends at the rock. But uh, let's just imagine this thing goes on forever. Now imagine that this rope is a timeline of your existence. You just exist forever. You see this red part? This would represent your time on earth. You've got a few short years here on earth, and then you've got all of eternity somewhere else. This is, this is your existence. And what blows me away is some of you, all you think about is this red part. It's all you think about. You're consumed with this. You go, oh man, I can't wait till here. You know, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to save, save, save so I can really enjoy this part right here. <laughs> and you're consumed with that. And you're thinking, oh man, am I going to get to travel? Am I going to eat well? Am I going to do this during this part? And I'm like, are you kidding me? What about this? What about this? What about, what about all this stuff? It's, just, it's crazy to me because the Bible teaches that what I do during this little red part determines how I'm going to exist for millions and millions and millions of years forever. And, and so why would I spend this little red part trying to make myself as comfortable as possible, enjoying myself as much as I can, Paul says, look, I'm going to live my life for this mission. I'm going to spend my life, invest my life for this moment when I cross that finish line. 
See, I'm going to forget about all the stuff I could enjoy, and I'm not going to look around. I'm going to be like a runner just looking at that moment when I face God because when I face him, then I don't get this chance over again. We get one chance at this life on earth, and it can end at any second for any of us. We've got one chance at this, and then comes eternity. And I'm not going to be fooled. I'm not going to spend my life down here. See, people look at some of my decisions and go, oh, you're so stupid because that's going to really affect this. I go, no, you're stupid, because it's going to affect all of this. So make sure you see the contrast. Let's just um, take that red part of the rope, and let's just, let's just give you the benefit of the doubt. That you could live a, a perfectly blessed life for 70 years. Perfectly blessed. Never a problem. But then it's over. What about that? And we all know that that's not even possible. It's not possible to live a perfectly good life. But, but is, it, is it possible that when you see the value of eternity, and you'll talk about this in your community groups. The first question this week in community groups is this. A lot of us are aware of eternity, but not a lot of us value eternity. A lot of preachers do a good job getting red in the face and making you aware of eternity. But how many, are, how many are really challenging you to value eternity? To make a value statement that all this is worth more than this. Not just I'm aware of it, but I'm actually changing what I do here because of it. Even at 100 years, it's just a moment. Paul said in Philippians, all this I count as loss compared to, value statement, the surpassing greatness that awaits. All this is all we see. And he said, it's even, even the best that this world has to offer is, is dung, is poo, Whatever word you want to put there, and some of you would choose a stronger word, is compared to this. And I'm begging you to value eternity. What Jesus is saying here is that, look, if you value eternity, then even if you're poor, even if you're hungry, even if you weep, even if they hate you, insult you, reject you, exclude you. It's just for a little time. And then there's going to be a payoff that lasts forever. Give it to me straight, Doc. And he does. At the beginning of the greatest sermon Jesus ever preached, any man has ever preached, Jesus was clear. And he said this, you can be blessed forever forever. Or you can be blessed for a moment. It's better to give up everything to follow Jesus than to refuse to give up anything to follow him and ultimately lose it all anyway. And that's where we are today. Will you value eternity? Will you value it?
just close your eyes and I want to give you the chance to respond. There's, there's a couple different groups of people in the room. One is, a, is you're here and you, you've not ever chosen to follow Jesus. I mean, where you spend eternity is, a, is, is in the balance right now. What you do today affects that. And, and you can say, yes, the Bible says this, that we believe that, and we confess, we believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. We confess with our mouths that he was raised from the dead. We believe that he, he died for our sins. We confess that he rose again. We believe that what we're going to celebrate in two weeks for Easter is more than just Easter plays. It's reality. And when you believe that and you confess that, the Bible says that you are saved. And it changes where you'll spend eternity. Some of you this morning, you need to make that decision. That's one group. The other group is this. You're a Christian. But I'm telling you right now, because I watched the same clip. I mean, you're watching it and you're going, I don't value eternity. I don't live my life different. I, that quote on your sheet from Rick Warren, not true of you. Your priorities aren't changing because you're not living your life in light of eternity. And there's only one word for that. It's called repentance. We've got to repent of that. The kind of repentance that really changes how we live. Because we suddenly value forever more than this moment. And I want to give you the chance this morning to respond to that. I'm going to ask you to raise your hands because sometimes it's good just to move. It reminds us that it really did do something to us. So if you're here this morning and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, you've never made a decision to accept what He did on the cross in your place, I want to ask you to raise your hands. That's me. I want to do that this morning. I want to do that this morning. If that's you, just put your hand up and put it right back down. Thank you. Let me talk to the second group. You're here. You're a Christian. And just even right now, the sweet conviction from God. I'm aware of eternity, but I'm not valuing it. I'm settling for blessings now when I should be desiring blessings later, forever. You just want to repent of that. I want to see your hands. Just put them up real quick. Thank you. All over the room. Thank you. I just want to close this morning by praying for you. Not just that, okay, I feel bad because I'm not valuing it, but I'm praying for you that you would come to, in, to in, embrace the encouragement that came from these Beatitudes. Jesus is looking at people that are following him, and he's saying, look, you're blessed. Even in your current situation, you're blessed. Because, man, it's going to pay off. And if you have to wait till you die to get it, it's still worth it. It's going to pay off. And you're blessed. And I want to pray for that, for that, that for you. So, God, we just, this morning as we wrap this time up, um, just a real... I mean, we're just so aware of you right now. We're so aware of, of life and of, of eternity. We're so aware that what we put so much attention on is, is fragile. And it's a mist. The Bible calls this life a mist. I mean, we, we woke up this morning. We'll see mist in the morning, and it's gone by 10. I mean, that's, what, that's how you describe our lives. And so we, we, we recognize that there's greater in eternity 
And that we want to value that more. And that when we do, it will change the way that we live. It will change our attitudes. It will make these, these beatitudes true of us. And I'm so thankful for a, a Savior like Jesus who gives it to us straight, who doesn't beat around the bush, who says, look, it's kind of a choice for you. You can be blessed forever or you can be blessed for a moment. You pick. And Lord, this morning, I'm so thankful for pe- people that raise their hands and say, I'm, I want to pick forever. I want to follow Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to do that for the first time. Or I'm repenting as a, as a believer of just putting so much stock in that red part of the rope and, and not living in light of eternity. So I pray, God, that our city would be changed because this morning we are. And that your name, your renown would grow in this place because of our hearts for you and our lives lived for you in light of eternity. And I thank you, God, that when we do that, our souls will prosper and in everything else will take care of itself because that's what matters the most is that our souls are right with you. In your name we pray, Jesus.